0: But I implore you from our end to say, it's never about the stuff. You have these visions of one day when you get there, and and you're going to be in some car, you're going to be in some house, you're going to be in some plane, you're going to be on some bike, whatever, you name it. There's this portrait you have in your head, and that portrait had those items for me. Once I realized, once I had the items, it's just stuff. And honestly, stuff needs more attention. Stuff needs more mechanics worked on it. Stuff needs to be um, adjusted. And some people like that. Some people have 10 cars in their garage. That's awesome. I just realized, oh, it's something detracting from my attention. I don't really want to deal with that anymore. Hey, everybody. Welcome to another episode of The Brooks McDonald Show. I've got my lovely wife, Carrie Beth, here with me. Hello. And today, we want to spend some time talking about intentionality with finances and with life, which which is what we talk about. If um, you're new to us, we want to talk about how we're living for the Lord, but also being intentional with our time and working hard and having time freedom and creating a life that you know we've dreamed of, uh, but being intentional about that. Fair enough? Yep. And so I get the conversation a lot with people that are trying to do better and work hard. And um, I, I'm trying to, as we talked before we started rolling this camera, it's just how do we put some of this in words, which is what you're here to listen to about some of those budgetings. Because when I think about lifestyle and, and money, ultimately, you have your income and your expenses. And I got on recently because I talked about the FIRE method, financial independence, retire early, and I got on some of these Facebook pages. And what I found myself is I've left – almost every time I've watched the feeds, the discussions, I've left feeling pretty disgusted because all I've seen are people only worrying about skimping every little penny out of their expenses – but they never spend any time talking about how they can make more money or um, work smarter, not harder to drive their income up. It's all about just saving money via expenses. And it just kind of disheartens me because uh, as Chris Harder says, a guy we follow a lot that says, man, it's sometimes way easier to drive your income up than to lower your expenses. If you put that much effort into your income as you did your saving your expenses, cutting those coupons, you might could do some great things because your income's higher. And so that's one facet of it is your income piece and driving that up. So some of this discussion is around the assumption that you've figured out ways to get your income to a higher level. And the people that I talk to, the young people or business trying to start a new pathway, that I know we're going to get there. They're always thinking creatively. They're learning. They're growing. They're reading books, and they're figuring out ways creatively to drive income. Now, some of them are thinking creatively, but they're when it comes down to taking the risk of investing in something, investing their time into something, trying to step out onto a new uh, new leaf in life they get nervous, but the risk has to be there a lot of times to get that income revenue up high enough, your personal family income to get it there. Because once you get it up high enough, Carrie Beth, one thing we've experienced over the last 20 years, which most Americans do is, and we've talked about this before, is your lifestyle creep. And so as our income has risen, and we look back even over the last... um, Especially probably thirteen to fifteen years, you know, we we really found ourselves in a great income area, but our expenses started to rise up. And, and we started to buy other things or join other memberships. And like there's an Instagram account I follow, and she shows every uh, week people's expenses. And there was one that had $3.7 million a year in income, and they still only had $2,000 a month that left over at the end of the month because they had a private nanny, a private school, a private trainer's. And not some of those aren't necessarily that bad, but ultimately, what are we chasing here? And that is uh, fulfillment and peace. Is that fair?
1: Yeah. Yeah. And I think what you're touching on is huge. When we're saying, okay, let's go and let's say that person who had all those people, that they had an income high enough that they could afford all of those people, right? That's not necessarily bad. Maybe that's not you, but... I think in your mind, you have to work out that having a lot of money doesn't make you a bad person. Having a lot of money doesn't mean you're uh, selfish or you're not going to do good things with that money. And so that's your starting point is, okay, well, if I'm going to drive my income, I'm going to work at this and I want to get my income to here because this is what I want to do what do you want to do with it? What do you want to be able to do? Who do you want to be able to help and serve? And what do you want to be able to grow into?
0: What's another way of saying it, like we've heard it said before, about good people with money?
1: Yeah, I mean, if you're a good human, and you're a good human now, having a lot of money isn't going to make you a crappy human.
0: Yeah. Yeah, that's what a misnomer is like, oh my gosh, you know, again, the love of money is is what the Bible says. The love of money is the root of evil not money. So you have to keep yourself in check and you got to think about who you're worshipping, who your gods become. That's a very clear thing we've talked about before. That's why it says in the Bible it's easier for a camel to pass through the eye of a needle than a rich man to enter the kingdom of heaven. Because it's a it's a slippery slope, it's a it's a warning, but that doesn't mean that you will become a bad person, you know, in the process. But as you've built your income up, you've gotten a raise, you know, you've worked hard, you've added that second job, your spouse is taking off, and you're seeing your income go up higher. You've got to be really diligent then on that expense side. And as I said in the one of the last episodes, know your numbers. You can't really see it in here, except you know, there's numbers down that side of the page. I'm constantly looking at our budgets, at income, at our investments, and knowing where you want to be able to spend money because it'll just disappear. It, it will just find its own way out of your pocket and into somebody else's if you're not very attentive to where that money is going. And, you know, as we talk about expenses, it's funny, I, we're not ones to be able to talk to you about coupon cutting or things like that. That's not where we've been. Again, we've worked really hard to drive a higher income where we didn't have to, but I still think there's ways that we can speak to, especially around um, as you have more time freedom, you want to think about, oh man, I need to I need to be more healthy with my life. Healthy in a lot of ways. And I want Carrie Beth to kind of talk about even if you're trying to get within a budget area, maybe some creative ways that you can work towards eating healthy, buying some healthy food, making healthy choices, and helping also your pocketbook to free more money up to give away or to do fun things with.
1: Okay, so I like that you started off with saying healthy in a lot of ways, right? People think, um, I think there's a misnomer out there that a lot of us want to think, well, yeah, you know what? When I make this amount of money, Then I'm going to buy all the healthy food. Maybe I'll have, uh, maybe I'll do a food service company to help me to do that, or we can just eat out whenever we want. Okay, some of those things might be true, but there's still a reality to life where time passes and you got kids to feed and you've got a family to feed. So, what are you going to do? And how can you go about doing that and trying to make some healthy choices? So, let's talk about that for a second. So, It doesn't have to be that complicated. I'm just going to say this, this might be an unpopular opinion. You don't need a specialty grocery store. You don't have to have Whole Foods. You don't have to have sprouts, fresh market, fill in the blank. Those are great. I'm not saying I don't get things from those places because we do some, but you can go to any grocery store, get yourself some protein, right? Maybe you can't buy the most expensive grass-fed one, but buy that as much as you can, or when it's on sale, okay? Buy some protein, buy eggs, okay? I know they've (laughs) gone a little crazy lately, but that's not a super expensive food. That's another, that's a protein. You're going to buy fruit, you're going to buy veggies, white rice, guys, rice, any type of the rice that you can make, that's also not expensive. That is a food staple in our house, okay? If you go to farmer's markets, you can get local fresh fruit and vegetables and things like that. I just find that Another part of it also is planning. And you're like, oh, I don't have time for meal meal prepping, meal planning. Okay, I don't meal prep. Okay, I coach women on how to do things. When I say I don't prep, I mean, I don't put a lot of it together beforehand. But I do sit down and go, okay, this is what we have going on at night this week. This is what we're going to eat. This is when everybody's going to be home. So doing that helps you then make your grocery list. What do you need? And where can you fill in the gaps? So my biggest things are don't, Don't drive yourself crazy. Keep it simple, okay? And get those things that you can afford. It doesn't have to be over the top. And then when you do go out, you can eat, you know, you can afford to do that some. Save, I mean, maybe, I know there's some people that just don't like leftovers. (laughs) But save your leftovers. Like we took a whole bunch of kids and friends out to lunch yesterday, okay? And we were at a pizza place. They have other stuff, but the kids all got pizzas. We had half of what was eaten there left over. So what did we do? We put together a fruit tray with what was left over for the pizza and had some nuggets in the freezer that were already there and just threw it all together and put it out on the island and everyone ate. So we basically had two meals out of the one we ordered. And we do that a lot. I mean, we save stuff and throw some extra in it that we have. It's just ideas and ways to keep your cost down because food is expensive, but eating healthy doesn't have to be complicated or overly expensive.
0: Yeah. No, that's that's really good. Carrie Beth's way better at um, disciplines of that than me. If someone's going to derail this, it's going to be me. It's gonna be me wanting the snacks, or she'll have literally lunch ready. I'm like, honey, we need to eat at home more. She literally goes out, gets food ready, and I'm like, I really want to go out and eat Mexican today at lunch. She's like, Oh, she's so sweet. She's like I'll just put this away and we'll get it out another day. Um, but it's yes, not I, wrong. That happens. It's true. It's true, <laughs> and. Again, there's a lot of you that have watched this that, man, you are squeezing a way tighter budget than we are on food, and you probably can educate us on some of those pieces, but its I just wanted to point out, it's still on our radar at our level, and people that I know that are well above me, it's still on their radar. As I had said before, know your numbers. You don't need to be going out to eat no matter how much money you have and spending it however and wherever you want to. You have something else?
1: (laughs) To your point on that as we were talking. She
0: like raised her hand. Go ahead.
1: To your point on that as we were talking, um, we have a lot of great restaurants down here. And when we plan for things, yeah, we eat out more when people are visiting us and they're coming to see us and we'll go to some of those more restaurants that are more uh geared toward tourists. We don't we don't eat there and pay those tourist prices all the time. So you may not have that issue, you may not live in a tourist town like we do, but we have some really high prices which is we don't choose to eat there most of the time we have, we find the restaurants that are more Regular price, so that's just another piece of it that I thought of I
0: when uh, you're going to send me down a tangent, which is tipping. I posted about oh, this. Oh, here other we day. go. Well, I just we live in a tourist town, and we do not eat those prices all the time. And prices are higher, no matter where it's at. They just price it higher because you can, because people are on vacation. So we went to this barbecue place, and it's one of those which is what I love. You walk up to the window and order. You don't have to wait on the food to be brought out. You don't have to wait on the server. But what I used to love also <coughs> about that is. You didn't have to worry about tipping or the awkwardness of it. Now, not anymore. You get to the counter, it was, I mean, nowadays, I mean, this meal would have been 40 to $50 a couple of years, a few years ago. It was $80 was the bill for this barbecue place. And we got, me and um, one of the other kids got ribs and stuff, and that added a little bit to it. I mean, again, we we're splurging some. We got four drinks. Here's another way of saving, $3.50 a drink. I got four of them. That's stupid. Fourteen dollars, and it's putting in stuff in my body that I don't need to. I just need to drink water, it And he pays
1: for my drinks when I always drink water and uh, forget. Sometimes, yeah. <laughs>
0: and then they spin the thing around on you, and they're asking for 18%, 20 or twenty-two percent tip on that. I think I, again, in the nervousness of it, I, I tipped. I don't know, like eighteen like, percent. It was ninety-six bucks. They added sixteen dollars or so on to our bill. When they just oh, they set it on the, the tray and slid it to you. It's like the biggest con going on right now, y'all. If you're a restaurant owner, cut that crap out. Raise your prices, honestly. Charge me a little more on the food than to do that. Uh, pay your people more. I don't know. Anyways, but when we talk about expenses, what another thing I, I like to think about with this, because you're like, well, man, I, of course, your, your budget is X number $1,000 for food. Mine's $400 for food. You know, quit quit whining. Remember of your chapters in life that I may be on chapter twenty of my life. People that I know that are my mentors may be on chapter thirty of their life. You may be on chapter eight of your life. But just like I shouldn't look, and this is a great verse, spiritual walk discussion too. I shouldn't look at someone who's made past decisions or in the middle of bad decisions and place blame or judgment on them as the Bible speaks on when they may be in chapter eight and in chapter 16, they change the world with their faith. You don't need to look at my chapter 20 when you're on your chapter eight and think, oh my gosh, because I'm telling you the difference in that walk of chapter eight to 20, you'll be like, Brooks, I knew exactly where you're coming from there. And I couldn't understand it because I hadn't walked through the life experiences and wisdom Through that, give you some examples that 16 year old self me would just throw up in his mouth as I say it. But I'm going to tell you is what in this chase of if you got money, what would you do? I had a custom 1969 Ford Bronco built, gunmetal gray, blacked out wheels, lifted. It was primo. When I got it though, it had engine trouble and then we got it worked on. But I realized. I don't think I like this thing. It looked good, but it was just not super dependable. It didn't make sense, really. So we sold it. Now, I was, again, investing in things that are worth more. I was able to sell it for, I think, just a little bit more than what I paid for it, had it built for, because I bought what we call a blue chip car. Values go up. Guess what I did? I was like, well, it was because it was engine troll. I want another. So I bought a 1963 cherry red Cor- uh, Corvette. The first year they made the second series of Corvettes. My dream was I spent when I was little, there was a guy that was um, did really well in life and I would go on Sundays and I would wash his red Corvette and I would, I would uh, weed his flower beds and I would make a little bit of money. And I always dreamed of having a Corvette one day. I bought it. I bought a Corvette. That's what I had. Man, I drove it for a little while and realized it's, it's something that's going to break down on me. I don't know how to fix any of these things. I'm going to have to pay for it. And that's not what we want anymore. So I sold it. Sold it for what I had in it. Now, you can't do that with a lot of other cars again. That's the beauty of it. But you might look and be like, oh, my gosh, you spent all this money. I'm going to tell you, I bought a newer Range Rover, and I, it ate my lunch, y'all. I lost like thirty dollars to $40,000 on that vehicle as an investment. Worst decision I've ever made in my life With when it comes to cars. Thank God I had the money to make that decision on and screw up. Now, I'm smarter because of it, and I'm sitting here telling you, you need to think about it too. You're like, don't worry about it, Brooks. I ain't going to do that. You're just an idiot. Well, again, there's experiences in life that you're going to walk through just like I did, but I implore you from our end to say, it's never about the stuff you have these visions of one day when you get there, and and you're going to be in some car, you're going to be in some house, you're going to be in some plane, you're going to be on some bike, whatever, you name it. There's this portrait you have in your head, and it, that portrait had those items for me. Once I realized, once I had the items, it's just stuff. And honestly, stuff needs more attention. Stuff needs more mechanics worked on it. Stuff needs to be um, adjusted. And some people like that. Some people have 10 cars in their garage. That's awesome. I just realized, oh, it's something detracting from my attention. I don't really want to deal with that anymore. And so there's a buddy of mine that, again, he's ahead of me. He sold his company. He exited his company. Probably five or six years before we've come into this position that we're in. And he built this beautiful house in Austin, Texas, all the fixings, but he's an empty nester now. And he's like, man, I, he put it for sale sign in the yard. It's not been done a year. And people are like, oh my gosh, why do, I do it? Because he realized after he did it that that's not what he needs to be doing. He's changing chapters. I love how he put it. Every this, there's one part of him that's dying, which is his parenting side, that's dying. It's gone, and there's this new person forming, and that doesn't fit his new person. So from a spiritual walk perspective, none of that was impacted per se. He's just trying to do the best for his family, people around him. A guy with a huge heart dedicates tons of time and money to other people. But he also has the ability to do that, which, by the way, comes to this too. Some of you sit and you want to point fingers at someone on the house that they live in, on the way that they're living, when if you knew the details, if you knew the real information on this discussion, the amount that they spend on their mortgage a year is fractional compared to some of you and how much you spend, because you are trying to what we call sell out of your own pockets, what I told staff. You're comparing what you make to what they make. You need to stop doing that. You need to worry about building yourself up. And instead of judging those people, go to them and say, can you have coffee with them and ask them for ideas on growing your business, on growing your life, on growing your income. But also, as we talk about, knowing your expenses, being well aware of where you're spending money and how you can cut back. Anything you want to add to that?
1: Well, I just like what you're saying about how look at you know we can share things that we've done that may we don't have to count everything as wrong or a mistake guys things things happen if we're talking from a spiritual perspective uh, things are put there for a reason okay um if we hadn't have let's say bought that bronco or taken a bath on that range rover we wouldn't have learned those lessons and so yes we could get ourselves out of those and we can learn. We talk a lot, even to our kids, about failing forward. It's okay. We work, we talk a lot about taking risks. Sometimes you have to take the risk. And everything you come upon is just a step in your path. You can get out of that. You can grow from that. And it's really in all in how you look at it. What how, how is this serving me, right? What is this here to show me? What am I going through right now? Even a really, really bad situation that says, Okay, well, what am I going to get from this? How am I going to grow from this? And so, I think that's a way to look at this as well. The stuff issue, yeah. Look, look, we've been through it all. We've had every type of house in every way. Or will we have more? Sure we will, okay? But that doesn't mean that you look at somebody and go, oh, well— They're never happy with this. Of course we are. We've been happy in every single house that we've been in. Sometimes people just have a different way about them or spirit about them that's like, we love a project, a challenge, um, taking over. That's part of our risk-taking. It's risky to go for something else and build something else and do something else. And so, uh, again, though, just figuring out when you build that income, what do you want to do with it? Is time freedom, we talk a lot about that, is time freedom more important to you? Um, and just just looking at your stuff and what you're going to do with it when you get it, okay? And what you're even doing with what you have now. Because I know a lot of you are sitting there and you're like, yeah, that sounds great. I don't have time to think about that. But you do, it's your time and you're sitting there going to the same place every day and doing the same things and driving your kids places and 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 never changing it until you retire to do what, and so I challenge you to take some time with your spouse or whoever's important in your household and in your life to look at what you want it to be.
0: Yeah, no, that's right. I mean, having discussions, you do have time. Uh, you've got time to figure it out because um, if you're sitting scrolling through social media or other ways that kill time, you could spend that to, just like we did at one point, figure out ways to use that time to get get ahead. But I loved how somebody was saying, there was a minister recently that said, look, God, our God that we serve is not a God of stagnation. He's a God of movement. Now, some people want to use that as an excuse just to like make more money in peace. That's not what he's meaning. He's saying a God of movement of seeking. Ask, seek, and knock. That's the actually the verse of the day on my Bible app that I just had up. If I find it again real quick, bear with me. It says... For everyone who asks receives, the one who seeks finds, and to the one who knocks, the door will be open. That's Matthew seven eight seven eight. And when we look at that, a lot of that is we know that's in reference to asking for the Lord in your heart, but also there's even a, a thought around why there's three times repeated is because you're persistent. You continue in fervent prayer asking, seeking, and knocking on all parts of your life. As someone pointed to me in a book, everything that good that comes from you, whether it be your hiccups going away to hitting a surprise check that came in the mail, all those come from God. Any good thing comes from God. So if we look at it from that perspective, we should be talking to God about everything that happens in our lives. You woke up this morning, thank God. You went to the bathroom and everything was good, thank God. That's how we we lull ourselves into this expectation that everything's going to be good because there's only a few bad days and mostly good ones. That's how blessed we are. So today I want you to think about that. Thank you for being a part of this. Hope. I look forward to uh, interacting with you on social media and hope uh, you'll be following us again next time. Appreciate you.